Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious studios of Odyssey here in Miami. We welcome on in to a Thursday edition of the Zach Gelb Show across all of our great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 158, the free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming on YouTube. Welcome on in, action-packed show today. Christian Hackenberg going to stop by on the Zach Gelb Show in about an hour 20 from now. Stuart Kovacs and Michael Samter back in our New York City studios, and we take you all the way up until 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We have to start today's show, and you can always uh, give us a call, 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. And you can find me on the good old cesspool of Twitter on Instagram, where I'm straight flexing, at Zach Gelb. That's Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. But we have to start the show off with the drama Dallas choking Cowboys. And usually we know what to expect with, right, America's team where they'll win 11, 12 games in the regular season and then come playoff time, maybe they'll win a game here or there. But when push comes to shove, they're going to come up small on a big stage. And there's really not much else to say at this point with this current Cowboys regime. But when you start to speak and show sensitivity, that's when I start to say, man, this team is really not ready for the moment. And it even makes me double and triple down on that statement that the same old Cowboys will show up when you expect them to in January. I was about to say February for a second, but we know there's no chance that the Cowboys are playing in the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. And there's a reason why this organization and this team hasn't got to a Super Bowl and hasn't got to an NFC title game since the last time they did so in 1995 is because you just look at the way that the team is constructed there's a lot of good players. There's some really great players. But when I see Dallas, I just go, yeah, they're a good team. And when you get talked about and covered the way that the Cowboys do, I at least appreciate that the Cowboys players are getting annoyed with it. But to voice your frustrations about it now, like how Micah Parsons did the other day, it just doesn't make any damn sense to me. It'd be one thing if you beat the 49ers, but you lost to the 49ers. Not only did you lose to the 49ers, you didn't even show up 
against the San Francisco 49ers. And then the next week, because you grinded it out against the Los Angeles Chargers, a team that you're better than, but a team that you're very similar to, in which the Chargers are another team, that they're a good team. They're a solid team. Like, the Cowboys have a better coach than the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm not ready to say that Dak Prescott is better than Justin Herbert. You know, the weapons on the defensive side of the ball, I think the Cowboys have a much better defense than Los Angeles Chargers. But on the offensive side of the ball, you know, really outside of CeeDee Lamb, it's not as if the Dallas Cowboys are loaded with that many more better weapons than the Los Angeles Chargers. But just beating the Chargers shouldn't elicit a response from the Cowboys now entering a bye week that they need to go on the defense and they need to just show their sensitivity. And that's what transpired the other night on Micah Parsons podcast. And we'll play that audio in just a second. But the timing of it is what's surprising to me because your team got emasculated on a big stage two weeks ago. And now all of a sudden after one lousy win against an AFC team that probably won't even make the playoffs this year in the Los Angeles Chargers and is heading towards the direction of having their head coach getting fired, that's the game that you're going to pop off about? That's the game where you're going to say, oh, I'm sick and tired of the way that people talk about the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm sick and tired about the way that they talk about my quarterback in Dak Prescott. Well, it's very simple, Micah Parsons. You don't like the way that people talk about your team. How about your team shows up against the 49ers? Or how about your organization does something, as I said, that they have not done since the 1995 season? And I'm not even talking about getting to a Super Bowl. Just get to an NFC title game for crying out loud. So I don't understand the Cowboys yapping this week, whether it's McCarthy, whether it's Micah Parsons. What is it going to accomplish? Just because Micah Parsons basically gets on his podcast and starts popping off and and shouting about people that are talking down about the Cowboys and he's sick and tired of it. You think that's going to stop people like me? You think that's going to stop any other logical person that understands what your football team is? And we all know that your football team is fraudulent where everyone goes, oh, how about them Cowboys? Oh, the Cowboys. Oh, they're this wonderful team. Oh, they dress up as the part last year with back-to-back 12-win seasons. How'd the playoffs work out? What happened in the playoffs? Against the same team back-to-back years, your offense failed. So that's why there's legitimate criticism about the Dallas Cowboys quarterback and also this Dallas Cowboys team. And I don't think the criticism is rooted in a bad place. Like, sure, when you listen to me, I enjoy seeing the drama Dallas choking Cowboys well be the drama Dallas choking Cowboys. But I think a lot of people, yeah, you could say that they get annoyed with the America team tag and all that. But a lot of people are just good football fans. A lot of people are just actually starting to get tired of seeing the same script year in and year out with the Dallas Cowboys, where because of how many Cowboys fans are, where how powerful the brand is of the star and how much we talk about the Cowboys and other people talk about the Cowboys with how big of a topic they are. The Cowboys are kind of almost as if that movie that you watch, that's really good. And you sit there with your significant other, you sit there with your buddies, and you love this one movie. And when the movie goes through and you go through the plot, you know how the movie's going to end. Everyone knows the ending, but every time you sit there on the edge of your seat with your popcorn and your fingers covered in butter and all that, and you got some candy and like a a, a soda or a club soda, whatever you're drinking, and you try to think that there's going to be a different outcome. 
and you try to guess what's going to happen in the movie, but you know what's going to happen. It's a, the Cowboys are the same thing as reading the, uh, the same book 10 times. You know what's going to happen, but your brain tries to trick you into that the ending is going to be different this time. But I don't give a rat's ass what Micah Parsons says. I don't care how annoyed he gets. I know what I watch with the Dallas Cowboys. I know what these Dallas Cowboys are. They're the same Dallas Cowboys the last two years, and they've been the same Dallas Cowboys for pretty much the last 20 years. Well, they'll put up nice numbers. They'll put up a nice win total. Maybe some people will jump on the bandwagon, throw the cowboy hat on, and scream, how about them Cowboys, and be insufferable. But when the games get bigger, when the moment gets brighter, and when it is playoff time and it's put up or shut up consistently, this team is going to have the same damn result that they've had for the last 20-plus years. Well, they won't be going to an NFC title game, and you could forget about it. You could laugh that they would even be in a Super Bowl, let alone hoisting that Lombardi trophy. And it's in their head. They know what the conversation is about them. They know that they've come up short before on a big stage. There's a reason why in Oxnard, two off-seasons ago, in training camp, you have Jerry Jones like a buffoon sitting up there practicing raising a Lombardi trophy in training camp because he doesn't even remember what the Lombardi trophy looks like because it's been so long. So it, the timing of this is just bizarre to me because the criticism, it's not as if it's unfair. It would be one thing if the criticism was not warranted and I could understand why the Cowboys would use their bye week to pop off and to try to take down people that are being critical of them. But when you have accomplished basically nothing this year, and I don't want to say the regular season means nothing, but when the regular season is marinated in, well, we know that you guys are going to be a double-digit win team. We all ignore, No one says, oh, the Cowboys suck. We all know the Cowboys are a good team. But there's a difference in a good team to a very good team. And there's a difference from a very good team to a great team. And the Cowboys aren't close to being a great team because they don't show up in the big moments. And you had a golden opportunity two weeks ago to shut a lot of people up and take down the San Francisco 49ers. If you did that and you beat the Chargers and you wanted to use your bye week to say, oh, everyone criticizes Dak, everyone criticizes the Cowboys, you guys are just a bunch of haters and it needs to stop, fine. Now, there would still be some merit to people saying, well, you got to show up and you got to go to an NFC title game. You got to go win a Super Bowl. There would still be merit to that. But the timing of it wouldn't make sense because the Cowboys would be giving you something that you could chew on and something that is being delivered to you where maybe it could make you alter and change the thinking of your opinion. But with what the Cowboys have showed the last two weeks, it just further reiterates what the feeling is about the Cowboys, where when you go up against another great team in the 49ers, you get waxed, you regressed. It wasn't as if you even showed up and you came down to Dak choking on a big stage like it did the last two years. The third quarter, the fourth quarter didn't even matter two weeks ago. And then you go up against an opponent in the Chargers who are like in your weight class, but you know that you're higher up in the weight class and you're perceived to have longer history and a better team than a team that's in the same weight class as you, and you're able to 
squeak by, grind out a victory where at times it looks like you were going to lose, and then you find a way to pull it out at the end, even though you were trying to give the game away to the other team. But coming off that game, it shows you how minor league the Cowboys are right now, where that's going to be the game that you're going to pop off, and that's going to be the game that you talk smack, and almost as if it should wipe away the massacre that occurred two weeks ago, which we all know it was an NFC game compared to an AFC game, and it was a, a, a much bigger measuring stick game and a pulse check for the Dallas Cowboys because that's a team that you will probably face again at some point this year because the Cowboys will be in the playoffs. So after setting that up for you and voicing my opinion and just being clearly just like laughing at the frustration that you're hearing from the Dallas Cowboys, let's play you the clip. This is Micah Parsons on his podcast where his feelings were hurt about the way that people are talking about the Dallas Cowboys these days. I just don't condone the bashing of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and have the same energy for the Eagles. We want the same energy for everybody because there's a whole bunch of bashing when it's Dak Prescott, but not the same when it's the Eagles. I got time today. A lot of people said the Browns defense was overhyped. I said the Browns are the real deal. Acho said this, which pissed me off. I'm not worried about the 49ers. They were missing Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. The Browns were missing Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb. They were missing them key factors before the game even started. So why is it that we are just scrubs and we're nobodies that don't deserve to be on the field and we're just all talk? But there's a hundred excuses for these other these other teams. If y'all just want to hate Cowboys Nation, just say y'all hate Cowboys Nation. I'm tired of people trashing my quarterback. I'm tired of people trashing my team. And that's why I had nothing to say to the media this week. So we know Micah Parsons is delusional. He's a great football player, but he's delusional. Like, remember the, the cuts we played from his podcast after they got destroyed by the 49ers? He's like, oh, we're only a few plays away. There's not that big of a difference between the Cowboys and the 49ers. Well, the win-loss column, they would say there's a big difference the last three years when you guys have gone up against one another and the Cowboys have not found a way to get a victory the last three times they played the San Francisco 49ers. And for him to say, and it just shows you how soft the Cowboys have become and how sensitive the Cowboys have become where he's going to say, oh, well, I see people making excuses for the Eagles. I see people making excuses for the 49ers. Well, the 49ers wake up each and every year in the NFC title game. Now, they haven't won a Super Bowl, but they own your ass, and they're in the NFC title game each and every year. And the Philadelphia Eagles, last time I checked, they were the NFC representative in the Super Bowl last year. So those teams get the benefit of the doubt. Those teams, after one loss, I'm not going to freak out about the 49ers. I'm not going to freak out about the Philadelphia Eagles because you can't freak out after one lousy game in the NFL. With the Cowboys, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? How, why do you want me to give your team the benefit of the doubt? You guys haven't given us anything to make me suggest that this year is going to be different than the other two. And to make matters worse, it's even regressed to a spot where at least two years ago you have showed up in those games and then you failed down the stretch where this time around and what happened two weeks ago, you guys didn't even have a pulse right out of the gate. So it's just an absolute joke that the Cowboys are running and, and running their mouths off uh, this week. Let's hear from Mike McCarthy uh, this was on the uh, fan in Dallas. Mike McCarthy elected to defend his quarterback in Dak Prescott. What he endures mentally and emotionally compared to the other 31 is, is 
you know, it's, it's unique. Uh, I've, I've never seen it. Speaking on experience of being around great quarterbacks, I've never seen a quarterback uh, under so much under a microscope like he is, and he's been dealing with this a long time here. The intensity is, 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 is like I said, nothing like I've ever seen. Ah, come on. You coached Aaron Rodgers. You have coached in a league that has had Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, who early on in his career couldn't beat anyone in the postseason. I'm, I'm playing a small violin for Dak, uh, for Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy that Dak is under the fire with a lot of criticism. And don't tell me that Dak's this great quarterback. Dak's a good quarterback. Dak's a very good quarterback. But he's not someone that makes me shake in my boots. He's not someone that I'd say he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. And if you don't want criticism directed to the way of Dak Prescott, tell him to show up in the last two playoff games, something he didn't do when his defense played his ass off. So all this stuff is just ridiculous. It, it really is. It is absolutely ridiculous that the Cowboys are this sensitive. And I actually thought they were better than that. I did. Shame on me for thinking the Cowboys were better than that. Not that their team is this great, wonderful team, that they wouldn't get so annoyed about what's being said. Because almost everything that's being said about the Cowboys is fair and it's accurate. And if you want people like me to shut up, then go win games when they matter. Go to an NFC title game. Go to a Super Bowl. And don't just sit there and bitch and complain and whine and go, oh, people hate us. Oh, this is unfair. The criticism about Dak. Oh, people just hate the Cowboys. They make excuses for the 49ers. They make excuses for the Eagles. Stop with that nonsense. Stop with that baloney. Stop with that hogwash. Because you don't have a leg to stand on this year to voice those concerns when your team Two weeks ago, got destroyed by the 49ers, and now we got to throw a party. Now we got to throw a fiesta because they just survived against the Los Angeles Chargers. So enough with the Cowboys and their bitching and complaining. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll come on back. Devontae Adams is frustrated. I don't think it's a matter of if he's going to get traded. I think it's now just a matter of when he's going to get traded by the time his contract expires at the end of the 2026 season. Sorry, Stu, but we will talk a little bit about your wide receiver and Devontae Adams, who's not happy when the Zach Gelb Show does continue from uh, Miami after these short messages. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And you could stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you could listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app, get in the zone, AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service could help you find a fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. We will talk about Devontae Adams in just a second, but we opened up the show discussing the sensitive drama Dallas choking Cowboys who are using this week to voice their frustrations. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let's go to Bill in Pennsylvania first up on the Zach Gelb Show. Bill, what's happening? Good afternoon. Hey, Zach. How you doing, man? Doing fantastic. What do you got for me? I've been a lifelong Cowboy fan. I'm 61 years old. Been watching them for about 53 years. I think Dak Prescott is well overrated. Uh, With the talent he's had the last couple of years, there's no reason why they shouldn't have been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, you're not wrong. And thanks for the phone call, Bill. Uh, This is a team where if your quarterback just showed up, the last two years in a playoff game, you would have bare minimum been to the division around two years ago. And then you would have been to the NFC title game last year. And that's why it's frustrating. It's see, here's where the Cowboys come off as, as minor league. It's not as if we're saying, Oh, the Cowboys suck. Oh, the Cowboys are a horrible team. Everyone just goes, yeah, they're the Cowboys. Like we know what they are. They win games, but they don't win the big games. When they win a playoff game up against Tampa Bay, it's like, oh, we never defeated Tom Brady. That Bucks team was 8-9 last year. And they make that as if it's the biggest game of the world. And then the following week, when you go up against a legit opponent and a great opponent, you have parts of the team that show up. You have parts of the team that excel, like the defense did last year. And then offensively, Tony Pollard goes down in the game, and Dak didn't elevate his game. And a franchise quarterback like Dak Prescott, if he is supposed to be a franchise quarterback and he's getting paid like one of $40 million a year, needs to elevate his game. And I wasn't even asking him to be great in that game. If he was a game manager in that game, he would have won the football game. But he was putrid in the football game last year up against San Francisco. And I think the word overrated from Bill in Pennsylvania is the proper word. I don't get on the radio and go, oh, Dak Prescott's trash or Dak Prescott. I'm not like, what did LaShawn McCoy say? He's ass or garbage. I don't say that. I acknowledge that there's a lot of teams that would like Dak Prescott as their quarterback. I acknowledge that Dak Prescott is a good quarterback in this league. But when you look at quarterbacks that have won a Super Bowl the last 20 years, Brady, Mahomes, Breeze, um, uh, you go through uh, Peyton Manning, you look at the elite quarterbacks that win and consistently win or just win one time like a Rodgers, Dak Prescott isn't on the level as those guys. And sure, you could tell me, oh, well, Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. And Trent Dilfer, he won a Super Bowl. And Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. That Eagles team was loaded. 
the Buccaneers had an all-time great defense with uh, Brad Johnson when he was their quarterback. And the same with Trent Dilfer and the, uh, and, and the Baltimore Ravens. You look at this Cowboys team, they have a really good defense. They, you could even say they have a great defense, but it's not an all-timer when you look at the defensive side of the ball. So those teams could win with, with uh, lesser QB play because the rest of their team was at a different level. And the Cowboys have enough talent. The Cowboys are a good team. But when you ask Dak to go march him down the field in a big spot, he folds. And until he changes that, until he gets to, I'm not even going to say a Super Bowl, but until he gets to an NFC title game, people are going to say, yeah, I just don't expect Dak to get there. Like, that's how low the standards are. We're not even discussing the Cowboys as a team that we're like, okay, I expect them to get to the NFC title game. It's Philadelphia, it's San Francisco, and now the Lions are emerging as well. And just the national feel of it, I get it because we talk about the Cowboys so much. So the players are like, oh, no one believes in us. You're not wrong. But just because no one believes in you, there's different levels of belief. There's belief that you guys are a good team. There's belief you guys are a solid team. But a lot of that belief is just marinated in disappointment because it's the same thing over and over and over again where you're stuck on being a good team. And you've been stuck on being a good team for a while. And I'm sitting here saying, when do you go from being a good team to them being a great team up here? And the last two years, you haven't taken that step. And I'm sick of the excuses. Oh, Cowboys fans don't like McCarthy. McCarthy's been fine. You just changed the offensive coordinator. You got rid of Kellen Moore, who was overrated. You know, you brought in Brandon Cooks. You have Michael Gallup back. You have Tony Pollard. Defensively, you've done a good job with Dan Quinn being the defensive coordinator. It stinks that Trayvon Diggs is done for the season, but you have Stephon Gilmore. That's why you traded for him, to create that depth. You have Michael Parsons, one of the better players, not just defensive players, but one of the better players in the league, period. There's a lot of worse situations. There's a lot of situations where I look at the quarterback, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure about the quarterback, and the team sucks around him. This team is good, but they never take that next step. And like Bill in Pennsylvania, to say that Dak, and he's a Cowboy fan, right? It's not me just saying this was not a Cowboy fan. That's a Cowboys fan. To say he's overrated, yeah. Micah Parsons and Mike McCarthy are trying to talk him up as something that just quite frankly, he is not. He is not great. And I will not call him great until he plays better in the playoffs and just for starters gets to an NFC title game. And then I get it. If you get to an NFC title game and you lose by 15 or you lose by three, then you got to take that next step of getting to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl. But windows are only open for so long. And the Cowboys window, I don't even know if it has an opening to get to a Super Bowl because year in and year out, they are there, but they don't go anywhere further than the wild card round of the divisional round. Let's hear from Devontae Adams. So the Raiders win last week. The Raiders are three and three, like a surprising three and three. Where you go, really? The Raiders are three and three? Now you want to talk about a team that actually gets a lot of negative criticism and it's warranted. That's the Las Vegas Raiders. Like you even look at Stuart Kovacs, poor Stu back in our New York City studios. Stu, a few weeks ago, was like, up, oh, the season's over. And like, oh, they're three and three. They could be four and three after this weekend. Their record is a lot better than the way that they're playing on the field. But coming after a win, 
Devontae Adams had like two catches in the game. And say what you want about Belichick. Belichick still has a way and a unique ability when he games plans to take away the best weapon of the other team. And when you look at the Raiders, yeah, I love Josh Jacobs, but their their best weapon is Devontae Adams. And they did a kick-ass job, the Patriots, up against Devontae Adams. And they still weren't able to win the game because the Patriots don't have any resemblance of an offense in the year of 2023. So if he would have voiced these frustrations, Devontae Adams, after a loss, I think you would look at it and say, yeah, I totally get it. Now, I do believe it's split where people say, sure, they have to get the ball more to Devontae Adams. So there's still a lack of trust with Josh McDaniels. But I do think a lot of people look at it and say, the Raiders won. Like there is timing to voice your frustrations when this team is now three and three with the chance to be four and three after this weekend. Let's not voice those frustrations right now, but I'll let you be the judge. Here is Devontae Adams, and then we'll have a quick conversation about this. I mean, I'm a human being, and I have extremely high standards for myself and this offense. So it's, to me, it's not just about, you know, I'm sure people thinking like, you know, well, they won the game, they won the Packers game. You know, why is there an issue? I mean, you see why it's an issue. You, you know, y'all should know who I am know what I'm about at this point. My benchmark is not wins and losses, it's greatness. So came here to win and to, to do it the right way. So Stu, uh, since you're the Raiders fan here, let me ask you about this because this is a football team that they they are starting. I don't want to say they're getting it together because they're, they're not, but the last two weeks they beat the Packers and they beat the Patriots. Where are you at right now with Devontae Adams after hearing those comments when it comes in a, a rare time when the Raiders, this is now a win streak, Stu. Back-to-back games is now a win streak for your football team. How do you kind of react to it? Yeah, it's a rarity, a win streak, a very rare win streak for the Raiders. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, they're winning and he's complaining. I get if they were losing. I get if they were, you know, 1-6 right now or 1-5. Yeah. I'd understand that because, yes, getting it to Adams, getting the ball to Adams is their best route of winning. But if they're winning, whether he's catching 15 passes or one pass, they're winning. They have wins. They have three wins uh, on the season, which is fine and probably more than I expected. So for him to complain, it's it's ridiculous. And if he cares more about, you know, getting the catches than having wins, then I think maybe it's time to move on from Adams. So so that's interesting that you want to go as far as say maybe it's time to move on from Devontae Adams, especially because the, the Raiders don't usually have a, a leg to stand on when, when you have some talent. <laughs> and, and you should be fortunate that the Raiders do have a player like Devontae Adams the, the thing I, I will I will look at and say this, I, a part of me goes the timing is the wrong timing because as everything Stu just said, Stu is kind of immune right now and he is kind of numb to any Raiders pain or any Raiders drama because this is what the Raiders have done his entire life. But for it to be coming when the team, I don't want to say is heading in the right direction because I don't think they are, but when this team is finally stacking back-to-back wins, I understand why Stu is frustrated where it's everyone take care of the stuff behind the scenes and don't have drama when drama isn't needed. But with that being said, Stu, and you even kind of said it as well, if the Raiders want to continue winning, they got to make sure that Devontae Adams gets more than two catches and he needs to get the ball more than he did up against the New England Patriots uh, moving forward against other teams because if you're not getting Devontae Adams' eight, nine, ten catches a game... I just don't know how many wins you could get with a defense that's very suspect. And then an offense that has some skilled position players. When you look at Jacobs, you look at Devontae Adams, but there's not consistency with that offense week in and week out. 
Yeah, and they're they're in the easy part of their schedule. I mean, they just played the Packers and, and Patriots, and now they have the Bears without Justin Fields, most likely. Yeah. Um, and then they'll have the Jets and Giants coming up in a few weeks, and, and then it gets tougher. That that's when we'll see the the true Raiders come out. I'm sure, but but yeah, it's just for them to be actually winning these games and for him to be complaining. It's just for me, it's so bizarre. I guess maybe other- it's a message to McDaniel's that maybe mm-hmm. he sees it coming, like he wants more targets because he knows if they don't start getting him the ball, you know, he's going to start losing and they're going to start losing. But I don't know. I- I'm just not a fan of it. Well, how much do you think the Derek Carr part of this still factors in? Oh, because probably. This- yeah. Because this offseason, all right, he-, he voiced his frustration and then he tried to put the toothpaste back in the tube. When he started to say, oh, I'm good with David Zeigler. I'm good with Josh McDaniels. And it was like, that's not what you basically just said. And you were taking shots at this regime, which it's fair to take shots at this regime. I don't think this regime is all that good. But now to do this when you're winning, it does feel as if you start to see those emotions from the summer. That's why I said right before the break, I don't think this is a conversation of if he gets traded before that contract expires and you know he's a free agent in 2027 i just believe that it's a matter of when i would be shocked if they trade him in season but i could see this getting ugly after this season and i do believe that Zeigler and mcdaniels for some reason still will be back because mark davis is cheap and he just had to pay that buyout uh, for john gruden with the whole settlement and all that so i kind of feel as if they will give him another opportunity and Josh McDaniels and David Zeigler to get the job done with the Raiders, and then they'll fail miserably next year. And it would not surprise me whatsoever if, you know, this offseason that they trade Devontae Adams. And if that's the case, it's like, why are you keeping McDaniels? Just blow the entire thing up because you're running out a very talented player. And I thought of a few teams. The Jets, you know, they'll come calling, especially who their quarterback will be next year. I don't think he's coming back this year, but he believes he will be. But with that connection of, Rodgers and Adams, you know that the Jets will get a lot of pressure from their quarterback and Aaron Rodgers if Adams becomes available to get the deal done. A team like the Lions, I know they have Amara St. Brown, who's excellent, and they have Jamison Williams, who's promising, but you're Detroit. You have an opportunity to pounce here. You need to do so. And then I'll toss out three other teams. And actually, I got to give credit to Willie Colon, who said this last week when he joined us on Friday. He suggested the Kansas City Chiefs. I do believe the price is going to have to go up if you're trading inside the AFC West. But could you imagine if the rich get richer with um, with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and they could go out and acquire someone like Devontae Adams? And then finally, the Ravens and the Bills, who would need both those players? The Ravens don't have a legit number one wide receiver. Maybe Zay Flowers could turn into that. Odell Beckham Jr. is just not healthy enough to be that in the year of 2023 anymore. And it would be nice to see Lamar Jackson with a actual bona fide number one elite wide receiver in the NFL. And that final team of the Buffalo Bills I don't know where the relationship's going to continue to be with Stephon Diggs. In an ideal world, you would want Diggs and Devontae Adams together. And Gabe Davis is a really good player who at times looks like he could be a strong number two. But if you could bump Gabe Davis to the three wide receiver and have Adams and also Diggs be your one-two punch with Kincaid as a tight end, if he takes that step, Dawson Knox as well. You got James Cook coming out of the backfield. That could extend this window for the Buffalo Bills and maybe take them to heights that they've never uh, been to in a long time or maybe ever before where we all acknowledge that this Buffalo Bills team is a very good team and at times looks like they're going to be a great team, but they've been stuck on a team that has not been able to get to the Super Bowl and hoist that franchise's first ever Lombardi trophy. So those are five destinations that I thought of 
when uh, Devontae Adams gets traded. And I do believe that could come as soon as the offseason. I'd be surprised if it's midseason, uh, just with a few weeks until the trade deadline. All righty, this is Zach Yelp Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll come on back. Uh, more allegations against Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. We'll discuss what that means for the coaching future of Jim Harbaugh. But first up, standing by with our latest CBS Sports Radio uh, update back in our New York City studios, here is the act man, Rich Ackerman. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Alrighty, we continue. It is a Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, in Miami uh, for today and tomorrow. Be back in studio Sunday for Ion Football and then back in NYC for our Monday edition of the Zach Gelb Show. I uh, got a good meal lined up tonight. Going to one of my all-time favorite restaurants, and that is uh, Joe's Stone Crab right after the show. So going to have some stone crabs, some of the best. It's like 11 or $12 fried chicken that you're ever going to have. Get the lobster mac and cheese, the hash brown as well. Uh, go through it all and then uh, end the meal off with they have like a fudge brownie sundae and also a key lime pie. So I'll be eating like a fat pig tonight uh, coming up at about 730 at Joe's Stone Crab, one of my favorite spots in Miami. And I actually the last time I was there or maybe it was the, the second to last time I was there it was right before the pandemic started. And Samter, help me out here. Who is the uh, the politician in uh, in California that became a big face during covid I forget. It looks like a movie star. Uh, I, I forget what, uh, who his name was. Uh, uh, Gavin Newsom, it was. And I'm sitting there. It was right before the 49ers Super Bowl where they lost to Kansas City. And I was sitting, and there was a, a man table over to me. It was Gavin Newsom. And everyone is going up to this guy as if he was the like the biggest deal on the planet. And I'm sitting there with a few buddies. And I go, who the heck is this guy? I, I legitimately thought he was a movie star. So eventually I had some guts to sit at the table over uh, next to me. Uh, who was the person that, that you're sitting next to? And they go, oh, that's the, what, he's the governor, I, I believe it is, of California. And, and Gavin Newsom. And I go, who would give a rat's ass about a politician? Like, who would want to take a picture with the politician when they're at a meal for the amount of people that were stopping him and, and shaking hands with him and getting selfies and photos with him? I thought this was going to be an A-list celebrity, not Gavin Newsom of all people. And then two months later, he became the face of the world or a month later became one of the faces of the world. And I'm like, oh, I had dinner next to that guy uh, about 30 to 40 days before the world uh, did all uh, start to shut down and, and go crazy uh, back in 2020. So we'll see who I uh, run into tonight. Uh, Baba Bowie stopped me 
and I and I worked at Sirius for a little bit, and and he thought I looked like John Hines' brother. Let's just say the Stern crew uh, could have been a little bit intoxicated at that meal. I personally don't see the resemblance to John Hine, uh, but they uh, they thought I looked like John Hine, and, and I've met Baba Booey before. Very nice guy. So I'll tell you if I get into any uh, trouble tonight or if there's any good stories at dinner. Anyway, uh, talking about a little trouble, let's go to uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. So. They already have a self-imposed suspension of Jim Harbaugh. That's why he was out for the first three games of the season because of uh, recruiting violations that he was not honest about. And now they're trying to, I don't want to say drop the hammer against Jim Harbaugh, but because he's not genuflecting to the NCAA, the NCAA and the committee of infractions, they're after Jim Harbaugh. But this latest report is something totally different And I was reading via Yahoo today that the NCAA is investigating the Michigan football program for allegedly violating rules that prohibit teams from scouting in-person future opponents. Industry sources told Yahoo Sports. So uh, sign stealing during the game isn't illegal unless you are doing so electronically. But according to the NCAA rules from what I'm reading is that you can't have someone scouting another team's game and picking up their signs from that. That makes it illegal, but you could, I guess, have scouts go and and do their job of actually scouting games. So uh, this does feel as it's a little Spygate-like, where it's going to be made to be a bigger deal than what it actually is. And I'm not going to sit here and get through all the details of, of this report and kind of bore everybody to death. But this will make me double down on my point that I said before the season with Jim Harbaugh that I believe this will be Jim Harbaugh's final season at Michigan because he's clearly fed up. And I know there's some reports that there could be a contract extension coming sooner rather than later. I don't really believe that. Um, I understand why Michigan would want to get this done. But you have him fighting with the NCAA now. He had to miss three games this year against three cupcake schools, so whatever. There's going to be a further suspension. And now you have these allegations of sign stealing and sending people um, out to scout future opponents and all this nonsense. If I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm done. Like Michigan, I love you. Michigan, you're my school. Michigan, I want to win here and I want to consistently win here. But with all these issues with the NCAA, Jim Harbaugh has to be wanted by at least one or two teams in the NFL. Like the Chargers, they should want Jim Harbaugh. The Commanders should want Jim Harbaugh. So Jim Harbaugh shouldn't sit back and go, yeah, I'm just going to play nice because I like Michigan and I love Michigan and this is my school, this is my alma mater. Eventually, he'll have a backbone and he's going to leave. And I'm not saying that he's totally exonerated. I'm not saying he's totally in the right here. But a lot of this stuff seems trivial. A lot of this stuff seems like minuscule infractions in the large scheme of things, not really that big of a deal. And I wouldn't want to put up with this investigation and all this crap that's going to come his way. I, I don't know if this is true, but I was reading it. Michigan State was contemplating not playing in their game this weekend when they were notified because of this. I know Michigan State sucks right now. And Mel Tucker, and for other reasons, and that's a completely different story, Mel Tucker um, is out of a job and he could only He's, you know, he, he's the reason why he's out of that job right now. But the performance was bad at Michigan State to begin with. That would have been so ridiculous of Michigan State if they're like, oh, I'm apprehensive of playing Michigan because they may have scouted us before the game and sent someone out there to take our signs. The whole thing's just absurd. 
And, you know, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of Jim Harbaugh. And maybe there's going to be more games tacked on and, and there'll be another suspension because this is a totally different thing. If I'm Jim, I'm out. Like, I'm like, this is my last year at Michigan. You don't have to say that publicly. And there has to be some desire and some itch there to go back to the NFL where in four years as the head coach of the 49ers, he went to three NFC title games, went to a Super Bowl, and now his Michigan legacy as a coach is in a pretty damn good spot where you have two uh, college football playoff appearances, going to have a third this year. You have two Big Ten championships, probably going to have a third this year. And, yeah, now you got to take it the next step. Or else you start to become the Dallas Cowboys where it's like, all right, you're stuck on one spot. So for Jim Harbaugh, you got to go win a national championship this year. But if you don't win a national championship this year, I don't think it means you have to come back. You could walk away from Michigan and be happy with what you did during your tenure as the head coach. And even if some of this stuff may be your fault, I don't, if I, you know, being Jim, I would leave. I go back to the NFL, but a team has to offer him a job because two years ago, he interviewed for that Vikings job for 11, 12 hours. Didn't get it last year. It seemed like he was imploring teams for jobs and no one took a flyer on Jim Harbaugh. So maybe my view of this, of Jim Harbaugh being likely of winding back up into the NFL is not realistic, but I got to think just those two teams, the commanders, and I know the chargers are cheap. Uh, they got to be interested in my opinion. And how much longer if you're Jim, do you want to put up with the sideshow and the antics of the NCAA? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.